I do think that players get way too distracted by the, the nerfs and the buffs and the this and the that. What you need to ask yourself is, are they balancing the game to placate you? Or are they balancing the game because you're the type of person that's going to focus up and practice, practice, practice? Welcome to Challenger Insights, where we dive into the minds of the best League of Legends players to figure out how they think about the game. I'm your host, Lucas, and today I'm joined by Nice. He's been Challenger in multiple seasons and has played all the roles. And since he started his coaching business, he's had over a thousand clients from all different ranks, and of course, with a lot of success. Now, before we get started, I do have an important announcement. You might have noticed the podcast has been on hiatus for a while. But I'm happy to say we're officially back and ready to make new episodes. And to celebrate that, I'm also hosting a huge giveaway. There's going to be about 5,000 RP on the table here, so don't miss out on that. The giveaway will be hosted on the Challenger Insights Discord. So if you want to join that, the link will be in the show notes. This episode is also going to be a little bit different. Um, usually in these interviews, we cover a specific champion, like Expetive Shen or Scrub Noobs Rengar. But I've been wanting to do an episode specifically about coaching for a while. So without further ado, Nice, it's awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, man, it's good to be here. Uh, thank you so much for the invite. I can't believe you had uh, Scrub Noob on here. I can't believe you you got him, you got his attention long <laughs> enough to get him to talk about Rengar on here. Yeah, Scrub Noob was great. I, I loved that episode. Um, all right, let's get started. So first of all, how did you first get into coaching? So essentially my, uh, my journey with content creation and just being involved with League of Legends, uh, it started, I wanted to be a professional gamer after I got out of school and I went back home because I, I got my college degree and I had all this debt. I was not really finding work that easily. And I basically got tired of just the stress and the pressure and, and all of that. So I just packed up my stuff and I joined the army to pay off my debt. And then after I got done with the military, I was in for four years. I went to Afghanistan and all that. I went back home and I told my parents, I'm going to try to be a pro gamer. And then I started streaming full time. And then around, I'd say about a year or two into streaming, it got to the point where my audience was just telling me over and over again, like, Hey, you're a really good educator. You're really good at coaching. You should probably do that. And I started leaning big into it. And then the rest is just history. That, that's amazing. That, that is quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So let's dive into the, the coaching itself. I have a lot of questions about this. Just first of all, when you get a new client, how do you first assess what they actually need the most help with? So... Initially, when, it, you know, it's so funny you asked this because when I started coaching, my brain was wired based on my experiences and my perspectives and my skill level. So when I started doing coaching, uh, I had the perspective as somebody, and this is going to sound braggadocious, it's really not, like I've just been playing games since I was really little. So my perspective was based around my skill level and my 
digital uh, literacy, right? And my, my hand-eye coordination that had been built up forever and ever and ever. So when I got into coaching initially, and this sounds bad, I didn't understand that players couldn't actually pilot the game. It's like, oh, you know, this might be a business professional who is just now getting into the game, or this might be, and I've coached at this point, CEOs, I've coached streamers that are professional other games, I've coached professional athletes, I've coached uh, New York Times bestsellers, but time and time again, I have to go back into the fundamentals. So for me, the way that I do it is I come into it now with a very open mind. And I just, I try to watch really closely about how they move their mouse or, or how they articulate themselves about the game. Um, very rarely do I get clients that I'm really convinced that they have a handle on the fundamentals because I can always find something that they have skipped over in their journey from being like a newer player to maybe like a gold player or, or a platinum player or whatever. For me, of all the coaches in the space right now, I am the coach that does not really care about word salad as much or or theory crafting as much or you'll very rarely see me drawing on the waves or on the minions and really like diving too deep into the nuances of like where to position in a lane. It's not because I don't understand it. It's because I just know that the client isn't going to be benefited at that time at the level that they're at. Uh, so I would say the majority of my time is pretty much spent on fundamentals. And I am very rarely confident to give the client that freedom. I could think of the only times that I've gotten a client and I've been like, okay, I trust you to do the things that I would expect of you is normally diamond one or higher is when I would kind of release the, the, uh, would remove the shackles of like my fundamental zoom in, right? Where I just stare at their fundamentals and I'm like, I know this guy is is just not doing this detail correctly. And I really got to get him to do it. Most of the time that will only happen if it's like diamond one or higher. Okay. When you're talking about the fundamentals, it's, it's a word that's used a lot, but I feel like um, <laughs> maybe it could use some explanation. To you, what do fundamentals mean? What are some good examples of those? And what are some of the common fundamentals that people might skip over? So fundamentals with League of Legends, a lot of this stuff is, is stuff that we cover in, in the boot camps, which I run and, and I manage that company. But the idea is that, for examples, it would be like uh, the fundamentals of laning. I always say every minion is a negotiation. And for a lot of people that play League of Legends that listen to your, to your podcast here, you know, they should have that aha moment of like, oh, I've never heard it framed that way. It's like, yeah, every time a minion's getting low, you're negotiating for it, whether it's your minion or their minion. You have to decide whether or not it's worth you fighting over that minion. So I like to imagine that it's like two, two really serious businessmen at a table and they're just fighting over these minions over and over again. And every time that, you know, one guy reaches out for the minion, they're not supposed to, the other guy just kind of like slaps his hand like, no. You can't do that. And you just start to learn over time with League that like that fundamental, that component of the game, if I see a client and they give up like half of the minions, uh, it's at that point that I start going like, okay, this guy doesn't have a handle on this concept. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start upping the pressure on him until he starts to realize that he is routinely screwing that up. It's not like something that He's only screwing up occasionally. He's doing it all the time. So he's basically giving away advantages all of the time. I love that. I, 
yeah, I, it seems really interesting to kind of have these um, metaphors where it's like, hey, it now makes sense if, if you put it this way. It kind of reminds me as well in a, in a different episode. I think it was uh, Roku talking about his Darius. He had this heuristic where if a minion is going to cost me more than 80 HP <laughs> of damage from the enemy's poke, then it's not worth it. Um, that, that seems like an even extended version of that. And, you know, you can use it in the same way. If you're the one punishing and poking, you, you can think about that. You know, the, the whole negotiation, um, that's, that's fascinating. I love that. I, I think it's funny that you brought up Darius, too, because the first time that I came up with that, that uh, metaphor of, like, every minion being a negotiation, I was coaching a Darius player in, like, really low elo. And I remember one of the comments... It sticks with me to this day because it happened to be Darius that I was coaching. And the guy was just like, this is crap. And I read the comment and it was like, Darius doesn't negotiate for minions. He just takes the minions. And I thought that was like such a good, <laughs> I thought that was just such a good way to frame it. Because I was like, you know what? That guy's right. <laughs> Maybe Darius is not the best uh, example here. But that's just one of the things that, you know, one of the beauties of doing this as a job is that like, you know, even Riot doesn't know how to teach their game. And that's why, uh, you know, we, that's, that's why my business has been so lucrative, uh, as of, as of late is that like, you know, I've gotten to the point now where people trust me to do the job that Riot didn't really want to do. And that means that now, uh, you know, I get to explore this game and trying to demystify it and simplify it and ABC it, even though this, isn't an ABC game. It's very complicated. And that's why there's so many people out there looking for help with it. And there's so much content. And like, like here, you've got this podcast and all these videos. It's just everybody really does, you know, want to understand it better. And it's just not, it's just not easy. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how, how deep the game really is. Yeah. Speaking of all that complexity, when you're doing a coaching session, you're obviously limited by time, right? It's only for so long, but there's a lot of different things that you could cover, you know, all these different concepts. Um, how do you prioritize what you teach to someone? I think the biggest thing for me is trying to quickly give them some sort of actionable thing because there's so much happening in a game of League uh, there's so many mistakes. The The way I view it is just like, it's like we're on a boat and, you know, depending on what type of boat it is, if it's a, if it's an iron boat, if it's a challenger boat, every boat has some sort of leak that's happening. Right. And the biggest thing that we can do is we could find the leak that is the most leaky for lack of a better descriptor here and try to plug that leak. And, you know, it serves multiple purposes for one. Um, it obviously makes the client feel a lot better about their game. So they're going to leave the coaching experience. They're going to immediately see that when they start fixing that, you know, they get it in a live coaching. They experience fixing it in front of in front of me watching them. They experience the pressure of like, oh, I'm in rank now. I've got this guy judging me. And then at the end of the whole thing, it also makes for great content because it shows, hey, this coach was able to steer a client who was struggling into solving a problem or understanding it, or as I call it in the business, the light bulb moment, the big ding moment. The light bulb moment is everything. Uh, it's that it's that period where if you can get a client to go, oh, I did not understand that. There's a really really good one uh, in one of my older videos where. 
there was a an older guy who was playing Zyra and he's in the bot lane. The minions haven't crashed the tower yet, but right as the minions were about to crash the tower, he gets ganked by a Kha'Zix. The Kha'Zix is like two levels ahead of him or something, maybe a level. He's got red buff. The Zyra is super low on HP. The guy goes to run away. I yell at him during the coaching, like, stay in the minions. He sits in the minions. He fights it out. He wins in, like, this really, like, epic way where he just survives. And then he's on the, on the audio, and he's just like, oh, that's why you were telling me to do that. And just having that, that moment in itself is how I try to structure my coachings, is to find something that they don't understand and then make them understand it in that short period of time. Because generally, that's all it takes to get somebody to move a couple ranks is having them figure out a concept. And again, that's why we made up the boot camps and came up with all the concepts and stuff that we wanted people to focus on is because we realized that's like, if you try to solve every problem one after another after another in one game, you're not going to be getting anywhere. But if you could focus up on one thing during a game and make that your priority, generally speaking, by the end of a few games, four, five, six games, you're going to have a pretty good handle on that concept. And if you're incorporating that in, in line with other things, then you're going to see a good result. That is awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> I love that. That is, uh, that sounds very satisfying. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in, in this concept of, of, Plugging the leak. If you've plugged this, this you know the largest one. Do you often get people just coming back? Do you get repeat customers, um, you know, looking for the next thing to fix? I think I think at this point, um, if I'm being honest, I do get repeat clients for sure. But and we didn't really talk about my price point with the coaching. Um, you know, I'm at. I'm gonna be honest. I I think at the moment I'm probably the most expensive solo queue coach you could get, um, and it's because of the supply and demand. Obviously, it's at one point I started really low, and then I kept upping the prices because I didn't have any free time. I think at this point people are buying my coachings for the at least the experience of being have being coached by me, and they will generally get coached again after like a few months have passed. Those are normally when the repeats will come through. I think in general, though, it's it's about 90% new clients. Um, and, you know, at the risk of being a little vulnerable here, I was concerned about that initially. Um, but I realized I just think that that's part of the game is that like, you know, you have to put volume in to really see a change anyways. You kind of want to teach these guys a concept and just release them and get them working on it for a while. Because if, the, if for a lot of people, they just have like ranked anxiety and they just wanted that confidence boost. Like, okay, I'm on the right track. And then I give them that and then they go forward and then they come back in like a few months. But overall, I would say the majority of the clients are new clients, new faces. Okay, interesting. It's definitely cool that people are coming back, but maybe so many are also just so satisfied that they don't even need to. That's that's another way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So one thing I find interesting is that you kind of split your coaching into like on-stream coaching, and then you have your private coaching as well. Um, what's the reasoning behind doing both of these and, and keeping them separate? So the reason that I do it this way is because uh, there's a multitude of reasons. So one, I try to do on stream and off stream to give the client the the option 
if they want to hide from, you know, my chat or just having me be a little distracted by interacting with chat, I just wanted to give the option of people like that don't want to get judged by me and potentially thousands of people. Uh, so I, I gave them that option of like, hey, you can do a private coaching price is going to be higher because it's my free time, but it's there. And, and basically the general premise is, is if they do a private coaching, uh, they know that they're getting my undivided attention. Whereas on stream, it's like, you know, I'm running a stream. I've got lights shining in my face. I've got chat to manage. I've got all sorts of stuff going on, making sure the music's right. Um, all these different things. But I obviously, I, I would still argue it gives pretty good value if you could get over the fact that like a bunch of random people are watching you. And oh, by the way, this very well might wind up on YouTube. And you might, <laughs> there might be a clickbait. There might be like a clickbait title associated with you that may or may not be true because my editors are trying to make a buck, right? Uh, so it's just a different, it's a different beast. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So you mentioned that there is a lot of demand for your service right now. Um, how are you looking to expand what you're doing and uh, what's kind of the motivation behind it all? Well, everything that I've done in the past year, my coaching has just exploded. And my thought is that, you know, I like being seen as like one of the best or, or the best solo queue coach. I mean, I'm a streamer, so I have to have some ego problems, I would imagine. I think we all have some, some ego, right, in this business. But honestly, I just kind of felt bad uh, that there are people that, you know, aren't as fortunate in the world. I grew up and before people like roll their eyes listening to this podcast, be like, oh, this guy, uh, what a douche, right? No, I, I literally grew up in on a dirt road. Uh, I didn't have high-speed internet until I was like 18 or 19. I didn't have access. So growing up and playing games, I had to go to a friend's house and like beg them to use internet. So I do understand what it's like when you want to get access to things that other people have and you can't. So I've been trying to do things like add more coaches in at lower price points and add coaches in that I respect. And then also with the boot camps, even a lower price point. And then eventually I'm going to do lectures at even a lower price point. So I'm always trying really hard to help as many people understand the game that I can, because I really do like League a lot. Obviously, I wouldn't be playing it for this long if I didn't. And so because I like the game so much, I want it to be around and I want people to see how cool, how, how amazing this game can be. That's awesome, yeah. It's really cool to hear how passionate you are about the game. Um, why is it so important for you that people are able to get coaching? Why is it not enough to just learn from playing the game? You can't really understand it as quickly as you would like unless you have someone showing you the ropes. And they're like, there's people at this point that are like, well, I'd never pay for a video game coaching. That's great. I mean, I years ago when I started doing this stuff, I mean, I I was a surviving, like as a streamer, I was surviving without a coaching on anything. The first time that I became convinced that coaching was the truth was after uh, I took a break from League and I got into poker and I'd always loved poker. Um, I took a break with League because I was a little burned out and I got a poker coach because I was working with some site. It's, it's a dead site now. But the poker coach taught me poker and the goal was to get $500 and turn it into $5,000 
online. And initially, when I started playing before the poker coach, I was just breaking even and losing money. Um, and then I had a poker coach and he would just watch me play and I would have like multiple tables and he would watch me play and he would be like, why did you fold there? That's such a bad fold. Or, you know, why didn't you go all in here? It's, it's an easy, it's an easy play to make. And without boring your, your listeners about poker, basically he showed me how to play the game with those like live sessions. And I would say within a few months, I went from just like a break even player to a player that was, you know, I made like 7k and like just under a month. And it was, it was amazing. And I was just like, wow, if only I did that with league, I wouldn't have wasted so many years of my life on the game. If I just had somebody watching me and just being like, well, dude, what are you even doing there? Like, why are you doing that? Um, so there's a lot of criticism in the industry right now with like live coaching It's like, oh, well, you know, he's getting yelled at while he plays. How can he focus? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I strongly disagree. I think one of the best ways to learn is to have somebody kind of shock collar you back into what you're supposed to be doing or remind you why you're why you're messing up like what what is wrong with what you're doing right now it is honestly the best way to get you out of those habits and it's one of it, i mean the results speak for themselves my clients have improved on the whole and you know the amount of business i get is because of the the videos that people watch and they see the improvement awesome that's that's really cool <laughs> yeah it's an interesting progression for sure yeah yeah Awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about, I want to say like the client's perspective, because obviously you know what you're doing and how you're approaching it. But if someone comes to you, I wanted to ask, what is the best way for them to prepare for a coaching session? Uh, what can someone do to, uh, to make it as worthwhile as possible? I, I would say right away, just watch the other coaching videos. You could see very quickly what I'm probably going to yell at you about. And if you're not doing those things, you know, that's fine too. I will yell at you about them again. Like I have no problem, you know, for me, it doesn't frustrate me at all when I have to teach people the same things over and over again, because I understand, I understand how tough it is to learn this game. It's not like the only thing I've done in my life is, is play League of Legends. Uh, like I've done other things. So I get that like picking up a new skill or a hobby, it, it could be, it could be tricky. The thing that the other thing that I would say is that people that are intimidated by, you know, you see the highlights of me yelling at people or screaming at them or whatever, right? Obviously, some of that is for for content too. Uh, but like, realistically, you have to understand that if you're dealing with me, if I'm yelling at you, it's not personal. I don't go into these coachings and think, oh, I'm going to coach some idiot on League of Legends again. Oh, brother. Like, I don't really do that because... Nobody that has ever booked a coaching, in my opinion, is an idiot because, first of all, the game is ridiculously hard. I would say that most of the people that book coaching, I'm a bit envious of them because I truly believe I wasted years of my life as a content creator by not just being like, you know, I should take a couple hundred dollars and just invest in coaches that specialize in my champion and just have them teach me stuff privately. If I had done that years ago, I would have been so much better at the game, but I just did not, I just had, I couldn't get out of my own way. So like the clients that are willing to book a coaching, they are the types of people that recognize that they're not good at something and go after it. And that is why so many of my clients are successful in other areas of their life is because they're the type of people that look at where they're at. They're confident enough to know that they need help and they're self-reflective enough to not let that confidence just like get in their way to where they're like, 
because that's what I'm saying. It was like, that was a block for me. That was a huge block. And now if you notice on my channels, I, I do work with all sorts of high ELO players to have them teach me different champions because I know that sitting down with them for an hour, an hour and a half is going to save me 30 hours of headache if I did it on my own. So what you're basically paying for is you're paying for somebody to come in and like kind of save you from ramming your head into certain walls and tripping over certain obstacles. So in order to prepare for the coaching, what I would tell you is come into it understanding that I'm not, when I'm yelling at people, I am just trying to get you to quickly identify and adapt with me. Because if you're just doing what you're doing and not trying, then I'm, I'm not going to let you waste your time. And that's what I think the clients take away from the, you know, the majority of clients. There's some, video, some people get really mad. They're like, oh, this guy, he's so mean. You know, he hates his clients. It's, it's not that at all. It's just, I know how much money can matter to people and how privileged I am to be in a position to coach a video game. It's such a stupid job. It's such a fortunate job to have. And I don't want anybody coming through and paying money for my coaching and leave being like, this niece guy did not give a crap about whether or not I got better at the game. Um, so yeah, just come in understanding that you have lots of resources in the videos that I've already put out. And if you don't watch those videos, expect to be yelled at by, by me about similar things. And if you're okay with that, then uh, you'll, you'll be very happy with the coaching experience. <laughs> I like that. It it definitely sounds scary in a way, but also <laughs> also quite good. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, so is there like a specific type of player that would get the most out of coaching? What uh what kind of person benefits from it really well? I think the biggest the the or the best players are the ones I mean, there's all sorts of there's so many ways to answer this question. You know, I like coaching players that are really, really new because I, I love when a player like gets to get that shortcut right away. It's like, nah, dude, don't waste your time doing that. Like, I wish somebody would have showed me this. Like, I love having that moment with players where it's like, I'm, I'm going to save this guy so much time. Like he, it's like, I could just feel there's like a timeline somewhere and I'm just chopping off a huge piece of the timeline that's just going to be frustrating and painful. And I know if they deal with me, they're going to, basically just remove that erase all of that that struggle and headache i also really enjoy the clients that think they're better than they are because if i can break through to that client and that's a huge thing in league is like dealing with people that they think they're the best they want to play a champion that's like super high skill or or maybe not maybe they just think they're the best and they're playing yumi it doesn't matter the, the point is is that like if I if I tease them the right way or if I show them like, hey, this is the this is the thing that your champion does. And here's all the other things that you don't even understand because you're getting so zoomed in on this one concept or just like killing people or chasing kills or whatever. And then lastly, I guess I always like it's always a nice little ego boost for me when a player of high, high skill goes and books my coachings. And generally, these are the guys that will do it privately, and they will not want to be named. Um, and the reason why is because, you know, it's just one of those things. There's just a stigma around it for a lot of people. The ego is a big thing, and I respect the privacy, obviously. Um, but it is really nice when I get a guy in, like, Masters or Grandmaster, he'd be like, dude, you got to help me. Like, I, I don't understand this concept. And I'll be like, okay, I got you. It's always really flattering to me because at the level that I'm at right now with the amount of coaching and work that I have, I barely get to play. 
Um, so it's nice when players of that level will come to me and be like, dude, you've actually gotten me here. Um, I would not be in, you know, and masters are higher right now, if not for you, like, it's so cool having a player of that caliber credit you with their accomplishment, because you know that you've basically, and it sounds corny and it sounds Dr. Phil esque, but you know that you changed that person's life because the game became more enjoyable to them because of you. Awesome. I, I like that. It's really interesting that you're able to coach basically all ranks the, from, from beginner to, uh, to like master plus. It's, it's cool that everyone in that range can, can gain something from it. Um, after someone has had their coaching session, um, what can they do to make sure that the lessons actually stick? The big thing is to start grinding. Um, so I obviously have made Challenger in League, but I but I took a break in the middle of of my you know <laughs> the past ten years of streaming and making content. I did play Fortnite in the middle there, uh, and I made it to the top one hundred in the Winter Royale. There was a big gap between me and the other players when I started, and I and I fell in love with that game, and I really wanted to play it, and I was like, okay, I need a break from League again. Let's let's try this out, and and I played competitive Fortnite because the game was just really good then. Uh, I'm a bit of a Fortnite hater now, but originally I loved it, and I, I just, I remember trying to catch up with all these people that I saw on streams, and, you know, a lot of the streamers that I learned from, the best way to beat them is to take what they're doing, drill it, and then grind sessions. A lot of my clients don't have the luxury of being like, you know, uh, a full-time gaming grinder like I do. It's part of my job, obviously. It's how I survive. But I tell clients all the time, it's like, well, whatever I teach you, you need to go and like, you need to get a big grind session if you can get it, like a weekend or something, and just really hone in on this, this tactic or this concept. Because at the end of that session, like, let's put it like this. If you play eight games spaced out, one or two games, one or two games every other day, one or two games, one or two games, one or two games. I, I'm not entirely convinced. I know for like your general, like physical mental health, it's, it's, it's probably not good to spam a ton of games. And I'm not saying that you should do that all the time, but I'm saying that if you really want to see like big jumps in your play, when you want to do those like stretched out, like, oh, I'm going to play 300 games this year. That's great. But at some point, you're going to have to do a big grind to kind of like set up the muscle memory, to set up the mindset. Because since I've been doing that in the past, now if I jump into league, it doesn't take a lot for me to play like one or two games at a pretty high level because I've had those like big long sessions where it's like, okay, this is how you do the combo. And I just lane the same lane phase like over and over again for like six to eight hours. And then it finally sticks. So the reason that I even brought up the Fortnite thing from before was because when I started playing, I would just do these huge sessions. I did it for almost like two to three weeks straight to catch up to the scene. And that's what allowed me to play at a competitive level for that game. But like, I would not advise doing that all the time. I'm just saying that occasionally it's nice to get one of those big, like block off a big bunch of time and be like, okay, I'm going to really practice what we went over here. And then by the end of that session, you'll just see a big jump in your play. And then you can space out the sessions again. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And to be clear, to be clear, I am not advising to your viewers <laughs> before I get taken out of context. I am not. 
advising to spam League of Legends all day and make that your entire life. I'm just saying that the best muscle memory jump and the best like uh, digital literacy jump is gonna be uh, is gonna be based on whether or not you put in a big a big uh, a beefier session. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good thing to do, but do it sparingly. <laughs> yes, yes, don't do it all the time. Absolutely not. Awesome. Um, you mentioned earlier that sometimes your clients can be stubborn or that they <laughs> they feel like they're better than they actually are. And maybe that makes it difficult to accept advice or uh, see how they might improve. How do you deal with stubborn clients, especially when they get defensive when confronted with a mistake? I think most clients, I haven't had many clients do that in a long time. I think by the time that they come to me, they're pretty disarmed because they know if they're coming to me that if they try to lie, they've seen enough of my content now to know that I will not let them lie. Um, there's one example where a client said that he was an aggressive support and he was playing, he was not playing aggressive at all. And he was like, he, he tried to justify his movement. He's like, well, normally I'm used to an ADC that plays aggressive or something. And I stopped him right there. And I like went into this huge tangent about how, you know, he wasn't managing brush control properly. And he, he, he just, he was not trying to auto attack and he wasn't really pinging anything. And he wasn't, and I just, basically broke it down piece by piece very cleanly is like, you need to stop talking this way because it just, it's not helping you. And I think by this point now, my name and my brand is so established that most clients like that are coming to me for coaching. This isn't, this isn't like a, this isn't like a Jerry Springer show. This isn't like Maury with my clients. Right. And, and the reason I say that is because these people will come on a show and make themselves look really, really silly because they know that they're going to get money or they know that they, you know, they're going to get their fame this way. You know, my coaching costs $250 right now at the time of this recording. And probably by the time you hear this, it'll probably have gone up if it keeps going at the rate that it's going. These guys that are buying coachings now, they understand that if they deal with me, they're dealing with somebody that's not going to let them lie. So I think generally by that point, when they accept coaching from me, they know that it's like, all right, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And if I try to, if I try to BS this guy, he's going to make me look very, very silly in front of people. And I don't think that's why people book coaching. Now, if my price point was lower, let's say $20, $30, um, I think that I will would have had more stubborn clients recently. But as of late... Stubbornness hasn't shown up. In the most most instances, the way that I would deal with it would just point out the flaws in their logic based on the game and also just remind them, I mean, just one simple question. If you're as good as you think you are, why are you in this rank? Like, if you are that good, you know, why is some, you know, why is some 30-year-old coach able to peak challenger over you? right? Why, why is that the case? And normally when I start kind of attacking it that way and, and just humanize the game a little bit, because normally up until that point, any client that has been stubborn or has been that guy, this game is very isolationist. So what's going to happen is they're going to play alone. They're going to turn on their music. They're going to rage at their teammates and no one's going to even see them do it. They're going to hide in their 
you know, their broom closets or whatever, and they're going to complain and then they're going to go about their day and their friends aren't going to see it. Their family's probably not going to see it. Um, generally, when you put a spotlight on them, very quickly does it evaporate when you just have a human going, dude, like you, you cannot actually believe that, you know, as a silver or low gold player, you cannot actually believe at this point that your teammates are the reason that you're here. And sometimes if, if I have to pull out the big guns, I will use any, any combination of humor, yelling, or just experience flaunting to show them how wrong they are. But generally by this point, it doesn't have to come to that anymore hmm. so far. <laughs> <laughs> so far. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope it stays that way. It, it, to me, it seems like it would be frustrating to deal with. Um, but yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> In a similar vein, uh, do you ever get clients who are actually toxic in their games? And do you have to deal with that? Um, I think if I see them type anything or I, I make it really clear, and this is just a good little tip to your viewers, uh, you know, I would say turn off your chat. Just turn it off. Uh, turn off all chat. Turn off uh, team chat. There's no reason to have it on. Anything that you want to communicate, you can communicate through a beautiful language that I call Pinglish. Um, it's a very exquisite language. So there's really no reason to be typing in the game at all. Uh, in fact, I would, I would go as far as to say that Riot should make it so that you don't run out of pings ever. I know that people are like, what do you mean? That would be so annoying. Well, I can spam, uh, you know, you suck in chat a hundred times, but I can only ping five or six times. I think there's definitely a, a a bit of a messed up dynamic there, but that's a different debate for a different day. The point is, uh, is I would definitely look at Panglish for sure. That makes sense. So uh, one other thing I wanted to ask about, you mentioned way at the start that you always try to hone in on one concept or one leak for the player to fix. Um, what do you do if someone is just making a lot of small mistakes, like missing CS or messing up combos? Uh, you know, or what if they're unfamiliar with their champion because they just try to play too many champions or something? Um, what advice would you give in that case? So League is littered with things that I call brights and shinies. Where like, uh, let's take let's take uh, just champion pool as an example. Every client that comes through, I just got an email this morning when I woke up actually, oddly enough, and the email was like, "Hey, I want to change the champion that I made." for the coaching that's coming up. This guy booked a coaching like a few days ago, four or five days ago. He's changing his champion again. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, well, if you would just stick to like one or two champions and focus on those, we could probably get into, you know, some of the nitty gritty details of like how to carry or how to play a position from advantage or whatever. But a lot of these guys, they just don't have the discipline and the reason that they don't have the discipline is because champions are distracting them. They want to play a billion champions. And, you know, while they fight, they want to do what their teammates are doing and help fight the fights. And they don't want to focus on the minions or the, or the, you know, the chores of the game. Some of the chores of the game are as simple as, you know, pushing waves when there's nobody in the lane. But the amount of times that I see a player just base, I always call it a 1v0 versus minions they lost. And it's like, you have a chore to do. You have a job to do. And that's what you should be focused on. But instead, they're focused on the brights and shinies of like, oh, I need to buy this item because it, it makes my champion really strong. Or I need to fight this fight because my teammates are doing it. Or oh, I can't do this play because what will my teammates think if I do this? 
just all these little distractions and things. And, and it's by design. Riot wants the game to be a 50% game. They, they want you to play a game a league and have exactly a coin flip's chance of winning it. That's the goal. That's what a balanced goal is for them. Because whether you like it or not, if, if you're losing half the time and winning half the time, you get to experience the highs and lows and they keep you right locked in. My thing is making clients realize it's like the it's like Morpheus and the red pill thing, right? It's like making clients realize that the game is designed that way. So try to avoid those little pitfalls by being disciplined. And then you can experience the the highs more, even if you're not that good of a player yet. You can just have good mental discipline and stick to your champions or stick to your your strategy. And then you're going to see the the victory screen more often and you're not going to have to experience as many like, oh, brutal losses, right? So yeah, that's that's what I would say to that. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So lastly, while we're talking about distractions, um, I feel like a lot of players are overly obsessed and angry with stuff like balance patches and other game systems. Like you, you hear them talk about how some champions are just OP or that the matchmaking sucks or that they're stuck in loser's queue, stuff like that. Um, how do you deal with someone who's stuck in that mentality, like as if the game is against them? What I would say is the game doesn't care about you that much. You know, the matchmaking system or what have you is working about as perfect as it can to give you about as close to a 50% win rate versus people close to your skill level as possible. I do think that players get way too distracted by that, like by those systems and by the, the nerfs and the buffs and the this and the that. Players can't get out of their own way. Like if you want this game to, to work for you and you want to experience the, the wins more, I would not focus on that at all. I would instead just focus on other things that you can control like whatever riot's going to do they're going to do you what you need to ask yourself is are they balancing the game to placate you or are they balancing the game because you're the type of person that's going to focus up and practice 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 because riot loves making champions hot for a while just to make players come back but like if you're the type of person that's just trying to go through you know 10 champions every time you play league of legends like you're just never going to you're never going to be happy because you're never going to actually get good at the game. Yeah, I I feel the same way. It's I I feel like there's so much more interesting stuff to league. There's so many interesting topics to dive into that stuff like matchmaking or balance is, is almost one of the least interesting ones. <laughs> yeah, I think that's reserved more for at the expense of sounding a little douchey. I think that's more reserved for people that are playing at a really high level because I think there's there's basically three I break it down into three different tiers of of as just by doing the coaching. Um, there's the introductory level where you have the players that are just starting out and they're trying to get to gold four. They're trying to get to gold four because they'd like to get a skin. And then I call from gold four to like, you know, diamond four, I call that beating the game tier. And the reason I say that is once you get to Diamond 4, you've essentially beat League of Legends. You don't really need to go further. I've, I've held this opinion now for, for years. I don't think I'm going to change it. But I'm just saying that most players, they just, you know, they get to Diamond 4 and then 
just stay there and just like play and play and play and they don't try to do anything with the game and that's why you get the meme of like oh the d4 hard stock they're so terrible to play with blah 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 well that's that's generally the reason is because at that point they're just addicted to the game and they're just playing it to play it and they don't really care about the rank or the win or the losses and that's why i say the next tier is if you beat the game at diamond four you're good. Maybe try a different champion and climb again with a different account or something. Keep the game fun for yourself. If you want to go further, though, I caution you because I think that if you go beyond Diamond 4, you really should start asking yourself, why are you playing the game? And I would say that this game is a very dangerously addicting game. And I don't think enough content creators speak out about this. And even as a coach, I'm somebody that really prides himself on like my physical fitness, my health, all those, all those things. I always warn people, if you're going to go beyond Diamond 4, I would strongly recommend you think about what you are going to do with all that time that you're investing into this game. Because don't. I, what I'm trying to say is don't turn this game into an addiction. Turn it into something positive for yourself. So even if the goal is to like, hey, I want to be, you know, I want to get to masters because I want to, I want to show my friends I could do it. Or maybe I want to make a guide or maybe I want to try to join a team or maybe I want to do this. Set a real goal and go after it, but do not, do not just play to play beyond that point because you, you're already there. And the reason I brought all that up and I'm going to tie it all back in, those talks about balance changes and ranked wines and all of those things, that is more reserved for people in high diamond and beyond because those players have been playing for a long time and they are the ones that those changes generally impact. But a lot of low elo players like to tack on their experiences and be like, I know what this is like. And I don't want to be mean, but I just don't think it applies in most cases. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we agree on this. All right. So... I also have some questions for you about educational content in general. Um, what kind of content would you say someone should seek out if they're really eager to learn? And on the flip side, what do you think people should avoid? I don't want to bash anybody's businesses. So I will just say, you know, find, just find somebody that you trust that will give you, will give you the truth. Like there's so much content out right now that's just, it's put out there and it just seems so, it seems so disconnected from the human side of just being like, just treating you like a person. I would much rather somebody just tell it to me straight than give me some sort of weird word salad, you know, theory craft nonsense that's not actionable. I want I want actionable, actionable, actionable. And I think players really do focus too much on the on the the weird stuff that they don't really need to bother with. I think the the stuff that I would avoid is the, you know, improve with this one trick. <laughs> these these tricks will blow your mind. This this build is OP. You know, I, I, that stuff is just so, you know. I, I think people are always going to gravitate to these like these get LP quick schemes. Uh, and that's not really what I'm about. And, you know, that's not what my coaching is about. But even the stuff that I watch, like for the first time that I ever made Challenger, I'm going to be real with you. I sat and watched Dopa replays. I think I probably watched uh, not even his stream. I just loaded his replays up. Uh, I, got, uh, I got a VPN and I got a Korean account. I bought it. Um, and I literally just went and would study his replays. And I mean, study them. 
I probably studied. That was the first time I made Challenger. It was with Twisted Fate, Cassidy, and he was playing Twisted Fate and Cassidy in pretty much every game. And I would just sit there and just watch game after game. So another thing you can always do is just watch somebody who plays the champion you like and just study it. But if that's too boring for you, which I get, yeah, just just find somebody that that seems to care. <laughs> not not a big company or something. Just somebody that seems to care. Yeah. I like that. So after so many years of, of playing League uh, and doing all the coaching and making all the content, do you ever worry about just burning out on the game entirely? And especially when the game starts to become your job, how do you prevent yourself from burning out? So I, I do a lot to combat burnout. So I'm in a privileged position now, but I, I wasn't always. Um, I didn't take very good care of my health. As the business has done better for me, I've I've made a very focused effort and due to a lot of mentorship from people that have been in good positions before me and friends and my networks and everything, just they reminded me like, hey, man, like, you know, you got to take care of your health. Uh, you've got to think about this at, at, at a long term. Um, what do you want to get out of the game? What do you want to get out of out of this? And for me, it's always been I will work in physical activity six times a week. Uh, there's plenty of thirsty pictures of me on Twitter um, where you can, <laughs> you, can, you can see my physique now. Uh, I put a lot of time into my, my fit, fitness. I put a lot of time into just taking breaks and doing things like going climbing and going for walks and things like that. And I don't really fear burning out because if there's anybody that has experienced burnout by this point, it's me. And I know what it is. I know when I'm getting there. Um, and I work really quickly to correct it. And now I just simply will schedule more free time. Like I'll schedule more breaks and I play, uh, for example, like next week, I'm taking a, a little break in the middle of the week to go play Halo with some people, Halo one. So it's like, I, I do compartmentalize the game as a job now, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, but it really does help for me because I go, okay, this is work time. I have my play time sprinkled in everywhere, but I just, I, it's really hard for me to, to reach the burnout stage, I guess now, because I, I'm at a place that I never thought I would be at. I've just transcended all of my wildest dreams in, in regards to being a, I mean, I would have been happy years ago just making ends meet. And I'm sure there's plenty of your listeners out there that know what that's like, where it's just like, oh, I'm just happy to have this job at all. Uh, like I've been there and then things just kind of kept working out and getting better and better for me. And now I'm where I'm at. And I'm just like, dude, you've, you had it so much worse. So like anything that's happening now is just, it's like bonus levels in Mario or something. You know, I'm just here like, oh, I got a, I have a coaching side. I didn't know I was going to do that. Oh, we got a business thing. Ah, I didn't know how to make a business. I didn't even know I was going to be a business owner. That's cool. Uh, so it just keeps kind of like falling into place. And I guess that enables me to kind of, when you haven't had a lot, it makes having it a lot easier. I didn't grow up with much, right? I was in Afghanistan for a year. Like I said before, I didn't want to get too patriotic or anything. I'm not like super patriotic. I'm just saying like, I've been in the, the, the situations where I didn't have a lot of money or, you know, life wasn't guaranteed the next day <laughs> so when you're in the position of like well you're playing a video game or you're yelling at people about a video game dude how stupid you know it makes it easier to avoid it burnout i mean <laughs> uh 
I, I think it's amazing. It's yeah, I, I love it. I think it's a good approach to have. Um, awesome. All right. I think it's also a really great segue into the last question I, I wanted to ask you. Um, so people come to you for your insight and, and your advice on the game. So what I wanted to ask you is what is the best advice that you've ever gotten? So one day I got a client and he basically just wanted to talk, <laughs> which is kind of weird. So he booked the coaching and he, and this happens actually, this is not the first time, just to be clear, this isn't like that weird. I, I've had multiple times now. Uh, I had one guy who was just like, you know, I've been in your shoes. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, I can see how busy you are. Like I see your schedule and I see how much you're working and you're working and you're grinding and you're grinding and you're grinding. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, just so you know, um, if I were you 10 years ago, I would tell myself, don't be afraid to just stop for a bit. He's like, I know it sounds cliche, the position that you're in, but just understand that every time I took a break, I came back and I was way more productive than when I didn't. And I think about that, and obviously that ties into the business stuff, but that also just ties into league as well. Um, people say it all the time, but I don't think, I think in gaming culture now, it's become, and that's why it was really clear throughout this podcast today uh, and making multiple points about this. I do not want this game to be an addiction for anybody. I do think that there's so many ways for you to get addicted to the, you know, the, the purchasing the skins and the, and the mindlessly spamming games and the toxicity and the rage. Like I've been that guy who's just grinded. I've lost, I've, I, I pray none of your listeners ever experience what it's like to fail a challenger promo and then go on to lose 10 games in a row because they just didn't want to go to sleep. I, I pray that you guys never <laughs> just remember, don't be afraid to take a break because wherever you're at, if you just step away for a little bit, you're going to be way more productive than if you tried to just, just like nose to the grindstone and just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed through all the time. There's so many times where just getting away, I mean, I know that I took a, like a week break and then I came back and I made the coaching website and all this stuff. And, and I, it, it hit me. It was like, that guy's right. Like I am, I am working a little too hard and it does seem relevant in this day and age to realize that, you know, the overworking and the burnout and all that stuff is very real. And just hearing a guy who was a, you know, the, the guy happened to own a multi-million dollar company was the guy who was talking to me. And he said that and he's like, I would just tell my younger self, like, dude, you need to, you need to take a break. Like, it's going to be more productive. You're going to be more productive having had taken a break than just trying to like push through it when you get into these walls and these funks. So I would just encourage your listeners to think about that and kind of consume it and realize that like, you know, there's more to life than, than any one thing that you're currently obsessing over. Uh, just remember to, to step away from time to time. <laughs> That's, I, I think it's very good advice, very wise. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being on this podcast. This this has been really awesome. I've, I've loved every moment of it. Um, where can people find out more about you? So is this shill time? Is it shill time? Oh, it's shill time. Uh, it's shill time. Okay, so the best way, uh, I mean, at this point, you can pretty much just Google Nice 
but there's uh, there's YouTube. You, you could go to Nice. You could go to the League of Legends Challenger Coaching Channel. That's my second channel. There's also Chill Nice, which is a new channel that we uh, built out. And then uh, the reason that the Chill Nice thing existed was more of a it was actually combating burnout. Oddly enough, we were just talking about that, but it, I found myself just getting more and more mad during during the day and i use chill niece as a way to try new builds and champions and to try to keep myself calm because i'm yelling at clients all the time so <laughs> that's something that you could check out you could also check out fb.gg niece which is my stream you could go to niece.gg which is my coaching site and you can always book a coaching there and lastly if you're interested in the boot camp stuff you can go to uh discord.gg bootcamp and you can sign up for either the boot camps or uh, a coach pass where there's basically it's $15 a month and you get access to some of the best coaches in the business, uh, including my jungle coach, Falaris, who built all those awesome jungle clears, uh, that jungle clear spreadsheet that pros and, and uh, aspiring pros use today. So um, yeah, just a ton of stuff to check out, guys. My life is basically, I'm immersed in this. So go check it out. <laughs> awesome. All right. that's it for this episode don't forget if you want to have a chance to win the giveaway be sure to join the challenger insights discord the link for that will be in the show notes lastly if you enjoyed this episode please consider sending it to someone who you think would be interested in it as well thank you for listening mm -hmm.